Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Hello there. What do you say when you see videos like this? Does it do much to the reputation of journalism? Uh, yeah, it hurts the reputation of journalism. It's another another opportunity for people to to uh, target journalism in a way that really doesn't help. Um, you know, I don't think we can in this instance. I don't think we know for sure if perhaps the the people who were walking behind the reporter maybe had the benefit of the wind being at their back, whereas he was trying to stand it against it a bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, but but this happens all the time. All the time. Uh, too much in television news in particular where there's a stronger emphasis on visuals than there probably needs to be and uh, certainly in our classes we, we we talk about being authentic and trying not to stage things just for the camera the uh, the, the worst example of this that, that uh, I've shown to my students in, in the past is a flooding story in the US where there's actually a, a reporter doing a live hit I think into a morning newscast mm-hmm. and she's sitting in a canoe and she's padding very awkward paddling very awkwardly um, with the like holding the paddle way up and just barely dipping the oar into the into the water and as she's doing this two burly firemen walk behind her with the water coming up to like their mid calf so you know the the, the visual sort of suggests that that uh, this flooding has created a situation where you need a boat and yet the firemen walk behind her um, with with uh, you know in in um, shin deep water and to to the credit of the anchors they called the they called the journalist out but uh, again it doesn't it doesn't really help the, the reputation, especially in this era of uh, journalistic uh, and political relations. It's really important, I think, for journalists to play about as even of a card as you possibly can in every single situation, isn't it? Yeah, especially now with uh, so much scrutiny and, you know, in an era of um, shifting business models and shrinking newsrooms, um, the the uh, the, oppor- the 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 opportunity for for uh, strong journalism, um, you know, is, is, has waned. Uh, we, we we don't produce as much as as we once did, and and so the attacks, I think, on a a, a smaller body of work, I think, uh, way way even harder on the on the profession. But but uh, you know, a, a couple of things I would say here, and and one is this is you know this is this is anecdote. This is this an, an anecdote is is not the plural of data. This is you know this might be one bad case, mm-hmm. and 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 journalism comes from a culture of verification and correction. It seeks the truth, and if it doesn't get it right, generally speaking, it it, it issues corrections. And we can't say that about a lot of the other discourse out in society. Um, and and you know so much of this stems from what we're seeing in the U.S. with with uh, Donald Trump and and um, the way he 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 utilizes alternative facts as administration does, and they don't have they don't have the same requirement to to issue a, a correction the way journalists do, but but the the tradition the professional culture of journalism is is to try and get it right this this case notwithstanding. We have a culture where, when where we do make a mistake, we issue corrections, and mm-hmm. and in the political discourse, that's not the case. And, and this seems to be maybe not necessarily this particular incident, but a learning moment in time, in a sense, for journalists and prospective journalists about how to conduct themselves in general. 
Yeah, you, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I think a, a couple things come to mind. First of all, um, with with uh, with this sort of era of fake news, the scrutiny has never been more intense, mm-hmm. and and uh, with that, I think um, it, it goes a responsibility to to do your due diligence in a way that that uh, perhaps previous generations of journalists never had to. Um, but 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 having said that, you know, I don't think. I don't think journalists, for the most part, ever want to be called out for being inaccurate and mm-hmm. and uh, work so hard to get the story correct. I think what's different for journalists today is is not just that they get the story correct, but they start to be transparent about how they do that. So they're they're talking more in their coverage about how they got the story, how they verified the facts, a bit more about the process of reporting. So when, for example, a government official uh, accuses a journalist of um, not having reached out to get a to get uh, background information or or um, for an interview regarding a story, the journalist will come back either in social media or a follow-up story and say, well, hold on a sec, here's the 11 emails I sent to you to, mm-hmm. to try and get background. Here's all the efforts we made to try and line up an interview and you, you, you and your organization refused. So that, at least when, when the assertion is made that the journalists aren't doing their job, I think that extra bit of transparency helps to set the record straight in, and, uh, in, you know, in, a, in a truthful and accurate way one that's verifiable as well. Brad Clark is the Associate Professor and Chair of Journalism and Broadcast Media Studies at Mount Royal University. Brad, thanks so much for the time this afternoon. Oh, my pleasure.